welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 31st of December 2012, entitled, The Three R's for a Better Year. And the Bible reading is taken from Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. I invite you to stand if you'd like to honor the reading of God's Word as we read these two verses from Philippians 3, beginning in verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you this evening again for this time we can have together. Lord, we also thank you for your word that we have before us. Thank you for your spirit that's within us, Lord, that can bring these words alive, that can speak to our hearts this evening. And Lord, that's what we pray now. We pray, Lord, that as we embark upon this new year, Lord, that you would take by the power of your spirit, speak to our hearts words, Lord, that would accomplish the eternal in our lives, not just the temporary. We give you the praise and thanks for it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. Most of you probably have heard, we used to talk when, uh, when I was a little lad growing up about the importance of the three R's at school, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And uh, that was the basis. You had to have your reading, your writing, and your arithmetic. Uh, as we look at this uh, passage of Scripture this evening, I want to, uh, I want to give you three R's that... Uh, if you take and apply these three R's, just as it is the basis for our learning and our growth educationally in school, uh, there are three R's that can be the basis for uh, our spiritual life, our Christian life, uh, and uh, uh, really all of our life as we embark upon a, a new year on the, uh, on the calendar. Uh, you know, as, as we go through the Scriptures, we find that uh, God really gives a lot of wonderful new things in the Scriptures. Uh, when we come to Him, surely by faith, just believing Him, uh, He gives us the new birth. He gives us a new nature that uh, uh, takes place within us. He gives us a new heart, a new life, a new hope, a new task. And of course, at the end, He's promised to give us a new body and a new home that, that we will live in. Uh, matter of fact, He said, Behold, I make all things new. Uh, there is coming a time when all of the uh, all of the things that are tainted with the sin, all the things that have brought us the the problems, the heartaches, the difficulties, one day they will all be gone. And God's going to make all things new. Um, but you know, this evening as we uh, put an X on the calendar, if you would, and, and embark upon a new year, it's God that's given us this new year. Uh, and of course, God is a such a gracious God, such a merciful God, that uh, He really is a God of new beginnings, if you would, of new starts. You know, we can't we can't change those things that that are behind us. Uh, the Apostle Paul knew he hadn't arrived when he said, uh, "I count not myself to have apprehended." He knew that uh, uh, that he had a long ways to go. Uh, he knew that he hadn't become everything that he needed to become. Uh, somebody had a little question on their uh, Facebook page earlier in the week, what 
is your New Year's resolutions. Well, I said before that most people would be better off not to make resolutions uh, because uh, most of them turn out to uh, uh, to be uh, lies anyway because we never go through with them. And uh, uh, but uh, I, I put on there. I said, really, really, I think I could sum mine up in one simple resolution for the new year ahead, and that's to be more like Jesus. Um, and uh, and God willing, we may, if God doesn't change my mind, be looking at that on. Uh, uh, on Sunday, God willing, but uh, you know, if we're more like Jesus in everything that we are, uh, whether it's uh, our, our partnerships with our spouses, whether it's our parenting, uh, whether it's it's our, our our friendships, the people that are that are around us and whatnot, if we're more like Jesus, then every area of our life uh, is going to to be better. And I can honestly say that that would be my desire, and I think that's part of you know. Paul said here, "Hey, I haven't, I haven't apprehended, I haven't arrived, I haven't, uh, I'm not everything that I that I need to be yet." Uh, but you know, as God gives us a new year, and we look and we realize that if we're all honest, we made some mistakes last year. There's some things that we didn't get right. There's some things that we could have done better. And and we have the alternative. We can look back and we can feel sorry for ourselves, and we can take the old stick and and beat ourselves over the head and and, and beat ourselves up and you know, the, the devil wouldn't mind that because he likes for us to beat ourselves up. Um, but Paul had a better idea with it here. Uh, he said, forgetting those things which are behind. <laughs> In other words, Paul's saying there's, there's, a, there's a new start. Uh, you know, we can, we can begin. It, it doesn't hurt to dream, folks. Matter of fact, the Bible says without a vision we perish. You know, the truth is, is that, uh, you know, we need something to be aiming for. A lot of people say, well, you're, well, you're shooting for the stars. Well, praise God, it's better to aim for the stars and hit the ceiling than to aim for the ceiling and never get off the floor. You know, the simple truth is, is that uh, it doesn't hurt to, uh, to have aspirations, to have uh, dreams. And, and, and uh, yes, they need to be based upon what God wants and not our selfishness. But a time for new hopes or new prayers. Um, we can literally start writing a new page in our lives. And as Paul looks back, he can certainly in his life see many accomplishment, things that God had used him for greatly, but at the same time he can see failures as well. Uh, and if you would, you know, you kind of sum up, he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm just going to Forget those things that are back there. I'm going to turn my back on all that that is behind me because there's nothing more I can do about that. But it's very important what's ahead. And of course, as we look back over the past year, uh, there's really only one thing that we can do with it, and that's to leave it with the Lord. Um, you know, we we are all sinners saved by grace. Uh, one of the most frustrating things for us. That's why that we find even even this great apostle, as we read about him there in the book of Romans, when there's just this raging battle that's going on within him. You know, why is it that I, you know, I, I, I know what I should do and I don't do it, and I know what I shouldn't do and I do do it. He says, you know, why is it? And, of course, there is that raging battle. But thank God for that battle because before the Holy Spirit moved in, there was no battle. The flesh just went its own way and satisfied itself, and it was very happy doing that. But once Jesus takes his place in our hearts, there's going to be a battle when you start taking him to places he doesn't want to go, when you start taking him to places that you know as a child of God that you ought not to go. So 
as we look forward into a new year, uh, there's some things that we can we can resolve in our hearts with God's help and by God's grace that we can become more like him. We can think like him. We can act like him. We can do like him because he's within us. And we've looked many times, even in the past couple of years, at this whole thing of the Holy Spirit taking up residence within us. That's Jesus Christ working through us that his work can be accomplished Nothing is impossible with him. We're the ones that put the limits on him. We're the ones that hold him back. We find that, you know, rather than just wishing, we often say Happy New Year. We wish people a Happy New Year and all this, but I just simply say that rather than just wishing for a Happy New Year, there's some things that we can do. There's some things that if we'll do these, we can help to make it a Happy New Year. Uh, not just being wishful thinking, uh, but by doing some things from God's Word. And the first thing that I think that uh, we can see that the Apostle Paul is talking about here when he says that he's forgetting those things which are behind. You know, the first thing that we can do, the first R, is the first step that we have to take to become a Christian, and it's a step that we should take every day as a Christian, and that's the simple thing of repentance, to repent. That's what it means is to turn away, to turn and go the opposite direction. When we know that there's things that we've got wrong and there's things that we've done, we don't have to, to stay there and keep hanging on to those things and, and keep doing those things. We need to turn from them if we know that we're better off without them. You know, that's our first step to God. When we come to Him for salvation. Uh, we have to take that step. We have to turn away from sin, turn away from the world, and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's some things in our lives as a Christian that for that, that joy, that happiness, that peace, that, that sweet fellowship that we have with the Lord, he gives us illustration after illustration from the first man and woman in the Bible to King David sitting upon his throne. He shows us the warts. He shows us their failures, and yet it's repentance that always brought them back to him, that restored that sweet fellowship that was there. You know, what do we need to repent of? Well, first of all, just our sins. Uh, sins hinder our prayers. Uh, it steals our joy. Uh, matter of fact, you know, I've, I've, I've said before, you know, that, you know, physically, um, a Christian can do anything a lost person can do. Uh, sometimes, you know, we look at somebody and they've done something really bad and we say, well, they couldn't be a Christian and do that. No, your flesh is capable of the most vile things that you can think of. But the simple truth is, is that as a Christian, if you do those things, you're going to be one miserable human being. That's one way that you know that you're saved. If you can do those things and not care, something is missing because as a Christian, as a Christian, when those things are in our life, it takes away, it robs us of that peace. It robs us of that joy. You know, we find that, uh, you know, Peter was absolutely firm. Lord, I'll never deny you. The Lord said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. Not me, Lord. Maybe those others. Not me. I would never do that. What did he do? He denied him the three times. When the cock crowed, Jesus looked over at him, and Peter could only weep. Peter could only weep. You know, we don't set out thinking that we're going to fall, thinking that we're going to let the Lord down, but we do sometimes. And I'm just simply saying that one of the first things that if we want 2013, then Repentance needs to be a part of our lives. 
We need to be willing to turn our back on those fleshly things, on those sinful things, on neglect. Uh, Sometimes it's not so much that we have indulged in something, in some open sin, but we just neglected doing the things that we should do. Do you know that there is a sin that is called prayerlessness? <laughs> that it's, 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 it's a sin not to commune with God? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a sin to neglect our Christian duties that, that the Lord has given us to, to accomplish. He's given us all of these, these commands that we're to do. When we don't do those things... It's wrong. And, of course, we just have to ask ourselves, again, God's not expecting you to be like anybody else out there. That's a bad thing. He says it's a dangerous thing to start comparing yourselves once amongst each other. Don't do that. Don't start comparing yourself with this person or that person or another person. But have we just been faithful in what the Lord wants us to do and what the Lord has had for us? Um, have we been willing to uh, give him the time that, that he deserves. Uh, sometimes it's it's not that we're doing bad things, it's that we're not doing the things that we ought to be doing. Um, you know, we sing that song sometimes that's uh, uh, one of Sister Ralda's favorites. We simply ask that question, have I done my best for Jesus? Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the real question that we need to ask ourselves. Have we done our best? Well, we can't change that. But, boy, we can put that behind us. We can forget that. We can put that back there. We can repent from that and turn to make sure that in 2013 that we're going to do more. Uh, and, and thirdly, not only is repentance from sins and neglect, but sometimes it's just from wrong spirits and wrong attitudes. It's not what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. You know, there are a lot of Christians that can appear spotless on the outside. The Bible speaks of actually whitened sepulchers. I mean, they're all cleaned up, but it's just dead bones on the inside. Uh, you know, that grave can look all pretty and well kept on the outside, but there's nothing alive within it. And uh, the problem is, is that a lot of Christians can look really clean and spotless on the outside, but sometimes their hearts are filled with, with wrong feelings, with wrong attitudes. Uh, sometimes um, maybe they think that they've got a legitimate reason for thinking this about that person or that about that person. Uh, but you know that it, the Bible tells us that, uh, uh, that that is just as deadly as a poisonous snake. Uh, we, need to, we need to repent from those things. If we're struggling with something that is a wrong attitude, a wrong spirit towards someone else or, or something, then we need to do something about it because we're the ones that's going to suffer for it. So so Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. Um, you know, he didn't, he's not talking about just uh, uh, for forgetting them that uh, if there's things there that we need to do something about, he said, let's put them behind us. And the only way as Christians that we can put them back there and to forget them is to get them under the blood. Uh, we need to repent from those things. But then, you know, secondly, he was not only turning his back on those things that were behind him, he said, reaching forth into those things which or before, uh, he had a resolve. Uh, not only uh, do we need to uh, have repentance uh, as one of those R's in the year ahead, but we need some resolve. Uh, we're going to sing that song in just a minute, I Have Resolved. Uh, and the thing is, is that, uh, you know, we need to resolve to be a better Christian. If we, just, if we just carry on, if we don't do anything about it, then we're not going to just get better on our own by ourselves. Uh, it's just like uh, 
you know, when you when you go to school, it takes a bit of work. Uh, some of you have said, you know, sometimes that work is pretty hard, isn't it? Uh, sometimes it's harder than you expect, and, and, and it takes getting stuck in there. Well, folks, in, in our Christian life, if, if, if we're going to mature, if we're going to grow, then it takes some work. It takes some effort. We've got to resolve to do something about it. We don't just become strong Christians automatically. So we need some, some resolve. Uh, we have some great illustrations there in Scripture as well. You know, uh, Daniel had resolve. Uh, Daniel resolved that uh, he was not going to defile himself. Uh, you know, you stop and think about it. He was a long way from home. Uh, he was away from those people that would know him, that would recognize him, that would say, oh, that guy's not supposed to be doing that. I mean, he was a long ways from home. And, of course, the orders that came down was from the highest place. It was the king himself that gave him these orders. But he knew that keeping his vow to God was more important, whether anybody else could see him. Whether the orders to go against that came from the highest on this earth or not, it was more important to live holy. It was more important not to defile himself. It was more important to be true to God. And, you know, that's one of the things that each and every one of us can resolve in the year ahead is that we can resolve, just as Daniel did, not to defile ourselves with the world. Uh, no matter where it comes from, no matter where the temptation comes from, no matter how uh, high that it might be, the simple truth is, is that, uh, you know, we need to stick to our promise to the Lord. Uh, and that's to be Christ-like. Uh, that is literally to live as Christ in our lives. Jacob also, he resolved. Uh, you know, we find that uh, yeah, he made a resolution to, uh, uh, to live for God, to, uh, uh, to give to God out of, the, out of the abundance of everything that, uh, uh, that God gave him. Uh, we read back in, uh, in Genesis chapter 28, and, uh, and of course, uh, that's where that we, uh, we get the very name of our church here from uh, because it was a place that uh, in the Old Testament, it was Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L, Bethel, which literally meant the house of God. And uh, we find there in Genesis chapter 28, it says in verse 19, and he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. Listen. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, if God will just take care of my basic needs, so that I come again to my Father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee tenth unto thee. Uh, he said, the Lord, you know, if the Lord's promise to meet my needs, to do everything just to give me my raiment, my food, the things that I need, then uh, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to honor God with everything that he, uh, that he, that he blesses me with. Uh, we find if we read on that, uh, you know, Jacob uh, was faithful part of the time, and Jacob failed part of the time. But, uh, boy, when he was faithful, uh, God blessed him so, so much. Uh, when he made that vow with, uh, with the Lord there, he had a bundle of clothing and his lunch with him, and that was about it. Uh, but when he returned to that place years later, he was a, uh, he was a very wealthy man. Uh, and I'm not promising you wealth. I can promise you blessings, though. Uh, if, if we will resolve to put God first... 
He will bless us. He will meet every need that we've got. Uh, there's absolutely no way that, uh, that God won't fulfill that. And I'm talking about our material and our spiritual needs. God will be everything that we need. Um, one of the things that David resolved, which would be a good thing for us to resolve, is to read and live by the Word of God. Now, if we really weren't worried about how long we were going to be here tonight, I could read the whole of the 119th Psalm, and it would be such a blessing to look at just how much that the Word of God meant to David. But let me just begin there and read you a few verses. He says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake not me utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. And you can continue to read down through there the importance that God's word, that was what was going to keep him from the sin. That was what was going to guide him in the right ways and the right paths that he needed to go with his life. And it's the same with us. You see, if we genuinely, if we genuinely repent, if we'll put those sins behind us, put those things of neglect behind us, put those things behind us that we know that we failed, we know that we could have done better, put those wrong spirits and wrong attitudes behind us, resolve in our hearts, resolve as Daniel did to not allow ourselves to be defiled by the world, resolve as Jacob did, that... We'll trust the Lord to meet all of our needs, that we'll honor him with everything that he blesses us with, as David did, to read his word, to live by his word, to let his word guide us and build us up. And of course, one other one that the Apostle Paul, and I'll just read these verses to you quickly because they make themselves pretty clear. Paul, when he first beginning to began to write to the church at Rome, he said in Romans chapter 1 and verse 14, he said, I am debtor. You know what it means to be in debt? That's to owe somebody some. I am debtor to the Greeks and to the barbarians. In other words, I am debtor to all of them, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
He wrote also when he was writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he said, beginning in verse 19, he said, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. For this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that you may obtain. Paul said, I'm resolving to win souls. <laughs> you know, and he's, when he's talking about becoming all things to all people here, he's making it very clear. That doesn't mean to go against God. That doesn't mean to do anything that's contrary to God. But it means, you know, to that person that's weak, that person that's unlearned, you know, don't go out there flaunting what you have. You need to humble yourself right where they are. There's absolutely, you know, when we go out there with a better-than-thou attitude, you know, I've told you many times that, uh, you know, I'll never forget when uh, uh, when Peter Parkinson was first talking about uh, when they began the, the ministry there in Leeds of reaching out to the... Uh, to the street people, to those that were on the streets, to those that had the drug problems, to those that, that didn't have anywhere. And it sounded like a great idea to the church. But when they started coming in and sitting down next to them on the pews, and, you know, I don't mean it crude, but, you know, you could smell them from the time they came in the door because they hadn't had a bath in, in, in so many weeks or months maybe even. Uh, when they came in with, 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 with their rags and they were dirty, <laughs> When they came in and, 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 and sometimes, uh, uh, you know, they were strung out from their drugs and things like this. Suddenly all those people that thought that it was a good idea, they started heading for the doors. That's not what they wanted for their church. Simple truth is, people, we've got to meet people where they are. And that's one of the things that we need to resolve is that wherever anybody is in this world, whatever their situation, we need to be willing to go where they are to win them to Christ. Uh, never, never, ever going and partaking of sin in any way. That's not what he's talking about. But people are in all stations of life, and wherever they are, Jesus Christ died for them. That's one of the things that I believe that we need to resolve. We need to repent. We need to resolve. There's one more R that I want to, uh, uh, to give you, and that's simply to remember. To remember. Uh, what do you mean? Well, you know, we can never, ever, ever and we're not expected to repay Christ for what he's done for us. It was a free gift. He gave it to us. But if we truly, truly stop and remember the price that Jesus Christ paid for us, what Jesus Christ did for us, the way that Christ showed his love for us, then I think it should make us ask that simple question, well, are we willing to give him our best or not? You know, do we love him? It's just like, again, I, I, I go back to the sermon that we looked at on Christmas Day and one of those last things, that that fellowship that we have with him, that that hand-in-hand -hand fellowship. I mean, wherever you are, he's right there. He's never away. We need to recognize that, you know, Jesus has given up everything for us. 
But are we really giving him our best? Does he really have the best of us or does he just get the leftovers? So many times that's what he gets. Uh, the greatest happiness and the richest rewards will come to those that are faithful. Uh, it's not what the world can give us. The greatest rewards in this life, the greatest riches that we can accumulate are going to come from faithfulness to him, uh, not to our work, not to our jobs. Yes, we do all things as unto Christ. Our, our bosses shouldn't have a better worker in the workplace than the Christians that are out there. That's not what we're here for. That's just kind of a byproduct of what we've got to do while we're here on this earth. But we're here that the work of Christ can be carried on through our lives. We need to really remember what Jesus Christ really did for us, what he gave up for us. Remember that true happiness is only going to be found in him. When we trust him with our whole body, when we live for him truly, then we'll know true happiness. You know, I remember reading the story of the fig tree in the Scripture. You know, as Jesus passed by that fig tree, it had been planted and it had been kept by somebody up to that point, but when he went by, the tree was barren. There was no fruit on it. You know, sadly, there's too many barren Christians that need to be bearing fruit. Christians need to bear fruit. Uh, when Jesus came back by, that tree was still barren. Well, that tree was no more. That tree was cut down. And I guess the simple fact is, is that as we look back on the year behind us, then, you know, we can't change the fact. But God has given us another chance. And, you know, the last, the last part of what Paul said there is, I press toward the mark or the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Remember Jesus in everything that we do. If we will simply in our hearts, if we'll repent, put those things behind us. We're starting out new. We can't undo that. Repent of those things, put them behind us, and resolve in our hearts to be all that God wants us to be. And if we just remember Christ, remember him, who he is, all that he's done for us. You know, you can't truly remember him and his love. We love him because he first loved us. We can't truly remember all that he sacrificed for us. We can't truly love him with our hearts and that not create something within us that wants to live for him with our whole being. So I really believe that, you know, there's lots of things that we can do in, in, in the year ahead, but I believe those things can be a help to you. That if we'll do those simple things, 2013 can be a better year for all of us. We can. If we can just be more like Jesus in everything that we do, in every responsibility that we've got, then we can't do more than that. We can't ask for more than that.